Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. All of our in-studio guests receive a gift bag courtesy of Keeper's Heart, Good Ranchers, Miller Lite, the original Louisiana brand hot sauce, King's Hawaiian, and Traeger Grills. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America. Hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats. The only place to collect them all, Panini Trading Cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Start or continue your collection now, PaniniAmerica.net. Today's Mercedes-Benz interview of the day brought to you by the utterly inspired all-electric EQE sedan from Mercedes-Benz. The vehicle all-electric, the feeling all Mercedes. Learn more at MBUSA.com slash EQE. He is the Monday morning quarterback, always makes us smarter. Always great to see Albert Breer, the senior NFL reporter from the Monday morning quarterback. Yes, here he is. Yep, yep. How about that? Albert Breer. He's an NFL insider, by the way. Oh, hey, Dan. Yeah. How are we doing? When you when you file, I didn't expect the studio audience. Yeah, that's a nice yeah. touch. When you when you file your taxes, do you put insight? Like, is your job an insider there? I think I think I just put reporter. Oh, you reporter. do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just put reporter. Uh, the first time you were recognized, do you remember? Like, oh, I've seen you on TV. Yeah, it was probably like when I was. It was probably, and I was still working at the. Uh, suburban paper in Massachusetts where I was covering at the same time both the Patriots and high schools. So I had to juggle the two, which was a little complicated. And I started doing a little TV work up there. And I think it was like at a bar on a Friday night or something like that. And it was weird. You know what I mean? Because I've always seen like what I do for a living is kind of stupid. Because <laughs> I think like, I don't think like, like a bunch of grown-ups playing, like, I don't think a bunch, bunch of grown-ups playing a kid's game is the most serious thing in the world. So what I'm doing for a living really isn't very serious. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 
It's it's always interesting when people. I mean, I'm sure you get it a lot more than I do. So yeah, but when you're when you're around the other insiders, yeah, like, do you socialize? I mean, how much competition? When you see Ian Rappaport or Jay Glazer, I'm friendly with all of Shefty. them. Yeah, I'm from friendly with all of them. I mean, I think there's, I, I think that there's an understanding and respect for how much goes into it, you know, and. I wouldn't say, like, there's no information sharing. I mean, like, I think we do talk about things, and, like, a lot of times um, with the guys that I'm close with, you know, you'll tell backstories of stuff that happened a month ago. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, there will be a backstory to this story or that story that came out, and, um, and so you can tell the backstory of something, like, that's, like, a month old or two months old, but obviously there's the stuff that's competitive, too. Yeah, but everybody rushes to be the first. Yeah. That's competition. Yeah. Has anybody stole something from you? That happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff that you're holding on to where you're like... Could you take Adam Schefter? <laughs> well, I have, the, I have reach on him, right? Yeah, yeah. And Rappaport, you got reach, I got on, reach him. on him. I mean, that's the funny thing is like you talk about being recognized, right? What I get more than anything else is like you're much... T- I got this in the elevator at the hotel last night. Oh, my God, you're way taller than I thought you'd be. Paulie said that to me this morning. Yeah. He goes, Albert Breer's taller than I thought. Yeah, because everybody expects, like, all of us to be five foot four. Yeah. Because a lot of us are. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Glazer, do you think... <laughs> that was cold. Yeah, you, you could have picked one of a number of people there. You picked on Jack. That, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Uh, but, yeah, Glazer could take everybody, though, in the octagon. Yeah, I don't... I don't think it'd be a smart idea to. Yeah, fight, you don't want, don't want yeah. to mess with him. Yeah. All right, what did the commissioner say last night that fans should care about? I, I think the playing surface thing is going to continue to be a story, and a story here in in Vegas with what ha- was happening with the Niners. Um, it's kind of funny because you know what I had heard what happened out there at UNLV. Um, they lay grass down over a turf field, and that's why it's spongy and slippery, right? And I think the NFL might have messed with the wrong team on this because that is the most militant team when it comes to playing surfaces. And Kyle Shanahan's very serious about it. And if, I've talked to Nick Bosa about it a bunch. And he thinks it's horse you-know-what that they're forced to play on artificial turf. He, of course, t- tore his ACL at MetLife um, three years ago. Um, when he looks across the Atlantic Ocean and sees the way that European soccer players are treated. So after... The story last year, right, like with the slippery surface in Arizona, the fact that the field here is the same, right, because they've got the rollout field. And then, of course, what's happening with the Niners right now, where the Niners might actually move one of their practices later this week to avoid playing on what they've been assigned to at UNLV, right? I think this is going to be a story all week, and it's part of a much larger story in the NFL. And then, of course, the gambling stuff, which... I mean, like a complete 180 on what they were saying in 2012, 2014. And so, you know, the incorporation of gambling. I mean, hell, Caesar's name is on a stadium in the league right now. Um, The incorporation of gambling into the NFL community and how important a piece of everything it is for the owners now. Like David Tepper literally bought the Panthers when he bought the Panthers because he was like, legalized gambling is about to happen everywhere. It's going to juice the valuations of all these teams. Gambling, I think, is going to be a big story all week. Are we going to see all the stadiums where you have a kiosk that, that you can go and, like, like you know, yeah. the Premier League has that where you can bet, and everything is, the, I mean, I would put it all under one I think roof. so, yeah. uh, You know, the Cubs have, there's, there's certain baseball teams I think have this, the, but yeah. the Premier League, you can go gamble there and go watch the game. Right, well, I think what, I think what Vegas has taught them, right, and you'll see this elsewhere now, 
like here in Vegas with, with the Raiders, their competition to get butts in the seats is a sports book, right? So their competition to get people into the stadium and watching their games is the idea that you can just go to a casino and watch all the games and bet on whatever you want. Yeah. So they have to give you what you're getting somewhere else in the stadium. And that's where I think the dam sort of broke. You know what I mean? And if you have sports books now in every NFL city, which eventually will probably get there, well, then that's going to be the competition for them to get people in. And at a time when it's harder and harder and harder to get, for teams to get fans into those seats, right? Like we know that. Um, you got to give them what they can get outside. And one of the things they're going to be able to get outside almost everywhere pretty soon is the ability to bet on all the games. He's Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, senior NFL reporter. Explain to me what happened with the commanders, um, yeah. with the coaching search, and mm-hmm. what happened with Eric Bieniemy. Uh, was yeah. Belichick in the mix there? You know, eleventh so, yeah. hour. I mean, where wherever you want to start here. I would say like one of the things that Josh Harris and, and his group really focused on was structure, and I think that's one of the reasons why Belichick didn't fit into it. In fact, I think. Like overall, owner's obsession now with looking at different structures across all the sports in soccer, in basketball. Um, you know, Josh Harris obviously owns a basketball team, owns the Sixers. So they, a lot of these teams have looked very intensely at structure. And I think that's why, like, the, the all powerful head coach, the Bill Belichick, the Mike Vrabel, had much more trouble finding work in this cycle. It's because it's like, okay, like, so before I've hired the people, I've, I've set up the structure, and does, this type of coach fit into that structure? Or is this type of coach valuable enough where I want to fit the structure around him? And I think a lot of these owners now are picking the structure over the coach, which I'd argue might not be the best way to do it, but that's the way they decided to do it. So they hired Adam Peters uh, very, very quickly, and they were efficient about that. They got him within the first week, and they wanted to be wide open about their process. So they had Zoom interviews with, um, I believe it was eight candidates. They brought seven of them back for in-person interviews. And they wanted to be open-minded about it. Raheem Morris almost got the job two weeks ago, very close to getting the job two weeks ago. The Falcons gave him an offer and that made the commanders really think. And they, now, you know, we want to finish our process. We want to meet with everybody. They were obviously interested in meeting with Ben Johnson. Um, that didn't go so well um, on Monday with the way that they got the news there. And then the final two were Mike McDonald and, and Dan Quinn. And Seattle swooping in and grabbing McDonald sort of, Clarified, simplified things. Did they want Dan Quinn? Did they settle they love for Dan, Dan Quinn? Yeah, like they do. But they and settle the, for Dan there Quinn. There are a lot of common connections there, though. Adam Peters came from San Francisco. A lot of the coaches in San Francisco worked under Dan Quinn in Atlanta. So Kyle Shanahan was Dan Quinn's offensive coordinator. So Quinn, like the references were great. He knocked the interview out of the park. Is it as exciting at hire as Raheem Morris or... Um, you know, or Ben Johnson, ben Johnson or Mike yeah. McDonald would have been, you know, maybe not. But Dan Quinn, somebody who was in demand the last couple of years, so I think settled the wrong. It settles the wrong word. I think it's they were just kind of committed to riding the entire process out, and because of that, they lost a couple of guys along the way. Does Belichick coach in the NFL again? Yes, I think he coaches in twenty twenty five. Um, I think. You know, again, like I, I think the fear with Belichick and Vrabel, and I think it's not a great commentary on the NFL and how NFL teams operate that those guys couldn't get work, that you had eight openings. And Bill Belichick, who's the greatest of all time, and Mike Vrabel, who I think was a top quarter of the league, like a top eight coach or so in the, in the, in the league over the last few years, couldn't get work. 
I think, again, it comes back to that thing about like what owners want. And what owners want right now is, A, that sort of structure that we talked about, and B, and this sounds so stupid, but it's true, they want it to be like fun to come into work. You know what I mean? Like, and how, like it sounds dumb, right? Like that that's your priority. But like a lot of these guys are like, well, I bought the team. I didn't buy the team to be uninvolved. And they're afraid like in hiring somebody like Belichick, maybe they'll be frozen out of everything, you know? And um, so like, I think that that was a real factor. And I, but I think after a year, what we're going to see is we're going to see some of these things fail. And then some people, like, like anything else, then we're going to see a couple of teams say, well, you know, like, say the Patriots go 4-13. and 13. It's like, oh, maybe it wasn't all him. Maybe there were other problems there. But and then there, you look at the body of work, and it's like, yeah, the problem with Bill, the problem Bill has right now, Dan, is that if you have to blow everything up for him, right, if you have to do so much to get him, if you have to maybe move some people out to get him, are you doing that for 24 months? Are you doing that for 36 yeah. months? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the issue, and I think... The challenge for Bill will be, A, showing he can work with a variety of different people, right? Which I think there's a perception that he can't. And B, giving whoever the owner is the exit strategy. Like, hey, here's what it's going to look like when I leave. And here, like, I'm going to put your, your next coach on my staff. And I'm going to do things so in 24, 36 months when I walk away, because I'm 75 years old at that point, you're not going to be dead as a franchise for having had me here. See, I thought the Eagles were going to maybe pull the trigger on Bill. Yeah. Because they did everything but fire Nick Sirianni. Yep. Mike McCarthy, you know, Jerry's going to give him another shot, but it feels like he's got one shot. And those two would make sense because those two have veteran teams, right? And those two have established structures where they're not looking for something new, you know? So it's like we can plug Bill into this, and it's not going to blow everything up. Bill has a relationship with Howie Roseman, right? So, I, like, working relationships different. Who knows how that would work out? But there is a relationship there. Bill has a very close relationship with Jerry and Stephen Jones. People don't realize that. Like, there is a lot of mutual respect there. Um, and I think that that was a thought for the Cowboys. You know, and I do think like you look at their roster. They're another team that's sort of in this win now position. And I mean, one thing about having an owner so involved, like Jerry and Stephen are involved in Dallas is it makes it so there aren't these layers of management between the coach and the owner. I actually think, and some people, in some ways people are like, you know, people are like, well, you know, would that work with a meddling owner? It's like, maybe it would be an issue, like maybe there'd be some friction, but at least you've got a direct, the coach has a direct line to the owner there. There's not, like, all of this clutter around the relationship. Caleb Williams going to go number one? I think so, yeah. I mean, I... Why is there this confusion that there's been... Misreporting, it feels like, or wishful reporting that maybe he says he doesn't want to go to the Bears. I mean, I, I think it's because of his dad. Um, now, but, but is that true that he well, might not want to go to the Bears? I mean, I, I think it's something that I would say a lot of the crazy stuff that you've heard, like, right? Like, so there's stuff about the equity, like wanting equity in a team, right? Like, which was, I mean, bad. Wait. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, but. I think a lot of that stuff was coming from his dad. He and I can't think, get equity. Well, no, no. And what, what, what all these teams are, what all these teams are sort of looking at, because like, when they, when the scouts go into USC, what they're hearing from the teammates, what they're hearing from the coaches, Cliff Kingsbury was one of them. Like they all love him. They love him as a kid. But there's all this noise around him. And so the challenge for the Bears, for the Commanders, for everybody else is like cutting through that and seeing, all right, like when he gets here, what's it going to be? Is there still going to be this noise or? Is the kid that the USC players, that the USC coaches, that the Oklahoma coaches, that the Oklahoma players were around, is that what we're getting? Um, 
it's going to be interesting because I do think, I mean, look, like the Washington storyline is not going to die. They hired Cliff Kingsbury. He grew up in Washington. He went to high school in the District of Columbia. So the idea that Washington could move up to go and get him, like that's a storyline that's not going to go away. And if Washington assesses him as being that much better than Drake May or Jaden Daniels, well then, do they move heaven and earth to try and do it? And how do the Bears react to that? Why didn't the Bears hire Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator? <laughs> I think the Bears got the best offensive coordinator in the cycle. Um, it's a fair question. It would have been a pretty funny tell to Justin Fields what you were doing. Um, but I, I, I think the Bears, I give the Bears a lot of credit for what they did because um, I think Shane Waldron would have had three, four, five offers. I think he was the most attractive offensive coordinator candidate on the market. And on paper, that's not a great job. On paper, it's like Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles could get fired in a year. Um, but they got ahead of the market. And so while these other teams are considering, quote-unquote, considering Shane Waldron and maybe would have offered him three, four, five days later, the Bears came with an offer and got him. So um, the Bears are still assessing things, but I think the likelihood is they take Caleb number one and trade Justin. I'll leave you with this. Uh, how important is the Rock to the spring league working? Like, what is the success of the spring lead, league going to uh, hinge on? I think the success of the spring league, and I think one of the things that like The Rock and the other people that are involved um, can do is, is build relationships with people at the NFL. They need the support of the NFL. I think that much is clear. We've seen enough of these leagues wash out. Um, the NFL needs a minor league. They need a developmental league, you know, especially with what's happening in college football. And, you know, like you get some of these kids that are transferring to two and three schools and then coming into the league, they're less developed. They're more raw. There's more work that needs to be done. And, you know, especially with the quarterback issue, Dan, like, one of the biggest reasons why we had so many quarterback injuries this year, and one of the reasons why we've seen so many quarterback injuries, the NFL is doing, the NFL is having real trouble developing offensive linemen. Yeah. And it's because at the college level, they're playing in the spread. So a lot of the offenses just stand up and hold your block for one second, and then the ball's out, right? And so then you get this kid who's raw coming out of college, and all the rules now in the NFL around practice, in the spring, in the summer, and then into the season limit contact. Well, who does that affect? It affects the offensive linemen, especially the backups who aren't playing in games. So the NFL has to, better, has to do a better job of developing backup linemen, do a better job of developing backup quarterbacks. And I think having a league like that, the way NFL Europe once was, can really be beneficial. The question is, will they help invest in you know, what's going on with the, the spring league now to make it work? And if the people who are running the spring league can foster that relationship and get that relationship to a point where the NFL will invest, then maybe it can succeed. Always great to see you. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. He's Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback. We'll take a break. Play of the day is up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental wealth podcast. And every week, we will have on leaders from sports entertainment like Sean McVay, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milet or John Gordon. We've all been through some sort of adversity to get to the top. We've all used different tools. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer and Mental Wealth Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories. For 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. It's hour two. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show with our studio audience here. Braving the elements here. Second best studio audience we've had this week. But there's room for improvement here. We've only been here one hour. By the way, where there's a couple that came from Australia. All the way from Australia. For this? I, well, I don't know about that. Oh. But they, she didn't say that. And she laid on the, the accent. It was a little heavy. And uh, she said that, uh, I guess it was her husband. At least I hope it's her husband. I don't know. I don't want to get anybody in trouble here. But it seemed like uh, you know they were uh, here for this. They came all the way from Australia. Yes, Paul. Watch out for those Australian guys with their accents. They'll take your girlfriend. Yes, they will. Yes, experience. they will. Might be the best accent to have, I think. Oh, to for women? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because they all they always have like a ponytail, but it works, and they're always like a former lifeguard. Watch yeah. out for those Australian guys. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think sometimes people go, "Oh, London? Are you from England? Or are you from Australia?" They get a little upset about that if you're from Australia. So there's the uh, 
couple that came in from us all the way from Australia. We have people who came all the way in from like Henderson, Summerlin, uh, oh. you know, they all the way. Yeah, it's like uh, 15 minutes away. I mean, they got here and it's pretty incredible here. So traffic though this time of morning. Well, you're right. I mean, you're right about it. It is the strip, Dan. I didn't factor that in, but uh, I mean, we never come down here for anything other than yeah. something like that. Yes, 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 Paul. We also have a gr- guy in this crowd who is becoming our new hype man. And he opens each hour by saying, let's go. I think Heck he's yeah. the guy in the white hat. If you yeah. could. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's booming. Okay. I like that. Okay. Let's go. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, let's the official. Go! <laughs> yeah. That's my guy. That's my guy. Okay. We could bring him out today. This is the energy we need right now. (laughs) As our hype guy? Yeah. All right. Uh, Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America. Gift bags. All of the studio guests receive a gift bag courtesy of Keeper's Heart. Let's go! Good Ranchers Miller Lite, the original Louisiana brand hot sauce. King's Hawaiian and uh, Traeger Grills. Uh, Brady Quinn is going to join us uh, this hour. We'll uh, talk to Troy Aikman. Chris Sims from Football Night in America will join us as well. It was called Opening Night last night, and it used to be Media Night was Tuesday night, but it's now Opening Night. The commissioner was able to uh, give his State of the Union address, invitation only. It's a fan event with uh, both teams last night. And Patrick Mahomes was uh, asked about, hey, you know, can you be the villain or are you the villain? He said, I can play the villain, which is fine. Uh, I don't think he's viewed that way. But uh, Travis Kelsey might be a villain to people, but that's, you know, depending where you are with Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift. He had the biggest crowd of reporters around him last night, double anybody else. And then it was Mahomes, Andy Reid. It's always weird when you see some of these players who don't have a podium to stand next to, and they're kind of walking around with their, uh, like, track suit on or something, uh, assistant coaches walking around, and nobody's interviewing them. And sometimes those guys just sit down. Everybody has to go. All the players and coaches go. But I always feel bad for some of these players where they're, like, just sitting by themselves. And uh, you want to go over there and ask them a question, but uh, you're like, hey, lonely? And then you stick a microphone in their face. Hey, or you'll go, hey, what do you think of uh, Taylor Swift? And then they get to talk about Taylor Swift. Yes, Paulie. Yeah, like George Karloftis, the defensive end for the Chiefs, he's a fantastic player, but he's not famous, famous. He wasn't podium-worthy last night. And, you know, Harrison Bucker, the kicker, got a podium because I think the kicker could play into it. But Karloftis is walking around with a hoodie on, and people are going, hey, how's it going? And they're yeah. putting, like, a, a cell phone in his face and asking him a question. It's yeah. like, I think he's podium-worthy. Yeah, he might be, um, hey, would you do a video for my dad? Right. Could you say, hey, I wish you were here at the Super Bowl? Cool sure. paper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then uh, Isaiah Pacheco, podium worthy. Last yeah. year at this time, not podium worthy. I think the last time you had somebody start two Super Bowls, first two years at running back? You guys want to take a, now I'm, I'm doing this off memory. The last time... You had a running back who was in the Super Bowl his first two years in the NFL. Starting running back, I think first two years in, uh, in the league, played in Super Bowls. Marvin? Bam Morse. No, no. That's not bad. Okay, all right. Um, let's see. He once... With Ann Todd's team. No, not the Denver Broncos. No. Um, this guy once lost his shoe in a game. Famously, once lost his shoe in a game. If you said Tony Dorsett, Tony Dorsett, what? Yeah, you got it, Tony Dorsett. 
Tony Dorsey's. Remember when he had the long run, I think, against the Vikings? Yes. He lost his shoe. It was like 98 yards or something. It's still the NFL record. It's 99 yards, and the Cowboys only had 10 men on the field on the play. Mm. Bonus coverage. Okay. All right. You're not going to get that anyplace else here. Uh, let's see. Anything else we need to mention? A poll question for hour two, Seton? Uh, yeah, we got two of them working right now, Dan. Um, can Patrick Mahomes be a villain? Uh, heck yeah, or nah, he's a sweetheart. 72% of the audience now say, yeah, of course he can. And if you could attend the Super Bowl in any of the following cities, Las Vegas, New Orleans, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, which one would it be? Vegas right now, 50%, followed by New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. And New Orleans is uh, next year. Next year, yeah. And then San Francisco, and then Los Angeles after that. Yeah. Our next guest, uh, we had beers with him in Dublin, which bonds us for life. That said, none of us enjoy standing next to him publicly because it causes us to look completely invisible to the ladies. And that hurts. His abs have abs. Say hello to Brady Quinn. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Sorry, I was a little bit tardy this morning. I actually flew from Connecticut to Jacksonville, Jacksonville to Las Vegas. I mean, I've never heard of that before. Have you guys heard of anyone who actually would do something like that to make it to Las Vegas? It's really not necessary. It's like he sits down and takes a shot. But Todd, do you know how crazy it sounds that you it flew from crazy. Hartford to Jacksonville to Las Vegas? I was on the plane for eight hours and 44 minutes, but it was very comfortable. Seat 3C. It was good. It was all right. Okay. I got some potato chips. I, and I had a great trip, too. It's a little bit late getting in here. <laughs> Uh, I think, yeah, it was probably not the best way to go. Uh, great to see you again. Great uh, to see you. If I gave you, uh, you could face either one of these defenses. Ooh, um, probably San Francisco. And you've got issues, obviously, with their front, but they play so much zone coverage. And for a quarterback, you know, especially with the personnel, if you're talking about Kansas City's, if you can find those soft spots, I mean, you can just dice that up all day. You know, man to man, it's nice when you can discern who your matchup is, where you're going to go with the football. But it's, you still, you know, the receiver has to get open, tight end has to get open. And there's an element of timing that's thrown off, too, because of it all, especially if it's press man. So um, that's usually would be my preference. Was and, and you can toy with the defense with your eyes, too. So uh, I, I, would, I would much rather go against zone. Yeah, but I wonder about this because we saw some moves by Kansas City's defense where they gave you a look and then they changed that look on you. Sure. Uh, and, and how that, you know, and we saw that with San Francisco, too, where you think you're seeing something. Like, how quickly you go up to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You see. Yeah. Then you, you change the play or call out the play. Yeah. And, it, and then it, how quickly can they change their defense, and can you do anything about that? It's usually pretty tough for them to be able to change once you change, especially if you do it in an efficient manner. Um, and honestly, honestly, it doesn't matter as much when you have like indicators built into your formation, right? So if you displace a tight end or a running back on the outside, you typically know if it's man or zone. If it's man, now I don't care what you do. I know where my matchup is. Now it's just discerning what type of man coverage is it, and is there a pressure coming with it. Uh, if it's zone, now I'm looking for my matchup somewhere else in that zone coverage. So again, what type of zone matters probably to the progression. But it's usually once you get to whatever you need to get to, the defense isn't going to have time before you snap the football to be able to change what they want to do. The uh, quarterback play, let me start with Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah. You can't really define that, you know, what he does. Like, can you teach what he does? No. No. I, I think you're born with that sort of ability and talent. And 
I think somewhere along the way, too, you, you go through enough development and experience where you find some of those skills and traits along the way. But was he doing this at Texas Tech? I, mean, I called a number of his games to a degree, but not like what we're seeing now. And I think like this version of where he's at in his career now, to me, is the most impressive because it's like the entire package. Like when you talk about the all-time greats and people are talking about whether or not he can chase Tom Brady, I would say this season more than ever, for me at least, has like convinced in my mind he can because now it's all about like he's not trying to necessarily always create the big play. He's like making the, the high football IQ, the smart play, the, the play that ultimately wins you the game. And he's relied a little bit more on his defense and they've made plays when he's had to. And it's kind of that like Tom Brady-esque early on in his career where it was very similar in that in that way, whereas Patrick Mahomes early on in his career could put the team on his back. Well, their team's built now where they don't have to do that, and he's playing a style of football, too, that plays to that. So to, to me, I think, you know, as, as long as he continues to develop, even maybe without Travis Kelsey, whenever he decides to hang it up, obviously Coach Reed at one point will hang it up. He just continues to develop into, like, one of the greatest we've ever seen. But also, you brought up something interesting. I think he is more Brady-like this year, where he di- he's relying on his defense, and he's not... You know, Brady relied on his defense, yeah. and, and it wasn't, you know, we got to put up X number of points, and I, th- I think we saw that with Mahomes, that he has that quality of being patient and not trying, you know, with no longer having Tyreek Hill, I think he understands there's nothing wrong with Pacheco. No. There's nothing wrong with, you know, dink, you know, dink and dunk, just hang on to the football, basically. Yeah, I mean, th- that's one of the things I think stood about Tom Brady and just having so many coaches, and really Charlie Weiss, too, when, it, when he came to Notre Dame, where you'd watch the film and you watch the tape was he wasn't afraid to do the ordinary things extraordinarily well. Like he never got bored with just taking the little check down, taking the play here, taking this and that. And, and there's a lot of power into that where you can let a lot of teams beat themselves and you can just keep going out there and executing and, and prolonging the game. And I guess since we're in Vegas, I'll use, I'll, I'll use this analogy. Like he knows when to double down. Like he knows when to take his shots. Tom Brady did that. You see that more from Patrick Mahomes this year too. And I think the great ones are like that. You know, they, they understand at certain points in time in the game when you have to or when you don't. And you can preserve your right to punt the football because you're going to get another opportunity to get the football back. He's Brady Quinn, uh, Fox College football analyst, big noon kickoff, and also uh, one of the hosts of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, the former Notre Dame quarterback. If I hadn't seen Brock Purdy play, how would you describe it? I mean, that's the hard thing is uh, I am say he's gritty, he's tough. Um, he's a football player. And I know that sounds like a little cliche, but uh, to me, a football player defines like that guy's going to do whatever he needs to do to try to win a football game. And it's honestly the ultimate compliment. But um, everyone else has these other tags for him, which I find interesting because a lot of where he excels or where he has extraordinary talent are the things that aren't quantified or are hard to quantify. And uh, it's, it's been fun watching him just from his time at Iowa State, played a lot of football, then getting his opportunity within this system, excel. And he operates it as well as anyone has probably under Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I don't know how often we've looked at a quarterback and said, well, look at all the weapons. We did this to Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw was like, well, anybody can quarterback the Steelers with, you know, two whole things. defense, that offense. Yes, exactly. Running backs, the offensive line, everything. Can you think of another quarterback that we said, well, he's winning. Look at all the talent around him. And, And we're doing that with Brock Purdy. Yeah, I mean, people always bring up what the the Brad Johnson Tampa Bay Bucks team, not nearly the talent around him, but defensively too. You look at the Baltimore Ravens too. Uh, everyone brings up Trent Dilfer, which again, I think there's a yeah, certain... but Dilfer wasn't an MVP candidate. No, and no, that's Brock true. Purdy is an MVP candidate. Sure, and I sure. think people have a hard time acknowledging 
you know, he does what he's supposed to do. Right. It, it's like the guy who shows up for work for 30 years and never misses a day. And, you I'll know. put it this way. Like, he distributes the football well, right? Yeah. Like, are, would we be okay at this day and age giving um, the MVP to Steve Nash? Like, remember back when he won it? And he dished the ball all the time. He'd be, like, right there, and you're like, just take the layup. And he'd just dish it to someone else to go ahead and score. And I wonder in today's NBA if that would be enough to win an MVP. Because that's essentially what his job is, is. is It's distributing the football, and he does it, again, extremely well. And what's wrong with that, leaning on the talent that he's got around him? Yeah, I, I think it's a compliment to him that he's able to do that. There are a lot of I mean, how many offenses win a Super Bowl and you go, man, he did that without any good players? Right. Like, they all have good players. Yeah. And, and, and I think he helps them excel in the sense of he gets the football to them in the right spot at the right time, which is extremely important. He's accurate. And then he can create, too. We saw that, especially in the NFC Championship game. What he needed to, he used his legs to create and do some things downfield. And so, again, I, I, I think he's got – he encompasses everything that you're looking for. And so throw whatever tag you want on him. If you win Sunday, he's going to be a Super Bowl champion, and no one can take that away from him. I also think he benefited by playing at Iowa State – where he didn't have, you know, it's not a marquee football program. And it felt like he had... Be careful there, Dan. There's he, a lot of he, <laughs> passionate fans, their name's Iowa, I'm yeah. saying. Well, uh, they had a better offense than Iowa had. That, that, oh, yeah. wow. Wow. I think we could get a group together and have wow. a better offense than Iowa's had. I think you guys need to host a show for the Cyhawk this year. I think get out there for that rivalry uh, game. But I think he had to throw people open in college. Like, I think it was tougher, you know, in, you know, not playing at Oklahoma or USC or Ohio State or Georgia. I think he really had to work, and that benefited him with, you know, what he does in the NFL, where you do have to throw somebody open. Yeah, I think there's a, maybe a, a degree of that. I mean, I want to take away from some of the players they had over the time he was there. They had some talented players. Um, I, I don't even know if it's so much that. I think some of you, what he went through probably during his time at Iowa State is just understanding how to lead, especially through adversity, understanding what loses games, what can win you games. Like, there's a lot of poor, important lessons because ultimately quarterback is about decision-making. And so the more you play, the better you get at kind of understanding, hey, it's actually okay to take a sack here. Yeah. Like, if we did the tree of life, okay, and there's my old quarterback coach, Tater Smith, so I talked about this one time in the quarterback room. You always say, you know, there's getting married, there's having kids, there's always winning the Super Bowls, always great things. And he goes, and as you go down the tree of life of like, ah, you know, all the other bad things that are out there, he's like, people will tell you taking a sack is like the worst thing in the world. He's like, it's not, all right? A sack fumble, interception, like all those are much worse, right? You know, obviously other things that are out there could be worse. He's like, in the tree of life, it's okay to take a sack. We'll take time off the clock, preserve the right to punt. You'll get another shot back at it. And um, I think there's like little lessons like that that I think he, he learned over his time at Iowa State as the he continues to The tree of life. I didn't think the tree of life was going to be on my bingo yeah, card yeah. here. But, hey, I got to give it's, – it's all Tater. It's all Tater Smith. Got to give Carl Smith credit. Uh, if you ran the Bears, yeah, you would do what? I, I would keep Justin Fields because I'm a believer in Justin Fields. And I think what they've done with those picks to build around him has been successful. Now, I know in saying that, it – doesn't take into account the business side of things. You're going to have to sign him to an extension sooner, whereas you could take a Caleb Williams or Drake May, whoever your quarterback is, and you get him on that rookie contract. That, that's all good. That's great, too. Um, I'm still a believer in Justin Fields, though. I, I think he's continued to develop the more they've given him, and I think he will continue to do that moving forward, especially with uh, my guy Sugar Shane Waldron. So. Yeah, but see, I think if you, if you take Caleb Williams, it gives the coaching staff another couple of years. Yeah, if but now you're, now you're making that decision for Matt Eberflus, right? Yes. Like, who are we ultimately making the decision for? The betterment of the organization? Are you just making it so you can hang on to the head coach? Like, 
I, I personally view those things as exclusive. Whether you take Caleb Williams or whether you, you keep Justin Fields, you're evaluating your head coach based on what he's doing with what he has on the roster. And is he putting those guys in the best position to succeed? So if you're just trying to buy the guy more time to like prove you wrong or right. No, like if I'm, I'm the coach, I want a new oh, yeah, quarterback. Sure, but I, yes. is it a Ryan Poles decision? Well, I mean, you know. Who ultimately makes that decision? I would imagine the GM would. Yeah. Uh, did you do your Super Bowl pick? Uh, I, I will make it fairly simple. Okay. Uh, I will have to go with the Chiefs. Obviously spent a year there. Uh, love the Hunt family. Love a lot of the folks there. Just a lot of good people. Ted Cruz is the best. Um, uh, so I, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I just think ultimately it's going to be a tight game when it comes down to it. It's hard to Ted, ever pick against Ted, Patrick Mahomes. Ted Cruz, the politician? <laughs> is that what you're talking about? Uh, no. No. Okay. Right. I, I wasn't <laughs> no, sure what that, that had Ted to do. People who know Ted Cruz within the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I, just, I was so. curious there. Didn't know what Ted Cruz had to do no. with no, the I'm not, about, I'm not talking about Eagle, Eagle Pass or none of that. I don't okay. want to talk about any of that, Dan. Fair enough. Media relations. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I, I assume you've had on a chief before where someone stalked the. He was with Cruz. the Rams for Wiseman. He was with the future. No, nobody's brought up Ted Cruz who works for the Chiefs. That's why I gotta give my guy a shout out. He does a great job. Todd, do you know t uh, Ted Cruz? I know Ted Cruz. I know Brad G G E E. He's a Chiefs head of uh, media relations. And I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna give Ted Cruz credit for bringing together Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. So I'll just I'll leave that out there. So. I don't know. Wait, they're the match. I could, have the match I could have completely just fabricated that, but also, do we know it's not true? So there's that. Okay. We don't. We don't. Okay. I mean, we do know Fritzy for some reason took a flight from Connecticut to Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville too big. We do know that. I did do that. Yes. Trying to get status? Like, what was the point of that? <laughs> it was just a bad choice. Yes, Paul. <laughs> Brady, he, I think he's taking the same flight back. It has the same route back. Yeah. This, this one actually goes to Norfolk, Virginia, then to Connecticut, oh. which is I don't oh, know if that's great either. Yeah. You couldn't get a direct anywhere back, like where you could just. Land and drive. I got all excited that it was three C was available on Breeze Air, and I'm like, you know what? I'll go to Jacksonville and I'll sit in the biggest Breeze seat and get Air? extra leg room. Drew Breeze has his own airline. That's right. No, yeah. I've, I've, I went to a game he was at. I want to say it was two years ago, and I've seen his plane. He's got a really nice plane. And I, wow. Well, I, I might say Breeze Air on the side. Or something. <laughs> that was a very nice plane. So uh, yeah. he's Brady Quinn. Uh, two pros and a cup of Joe, and a big noon kickoff. Always great to see you. Thank you, Brady. Uh-oh, somebody's yelling at Brady back there. Looks like my pants are too hot. Oh, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. It may be today. I'm still self-conscious about that, so thank you. <laughs> thank you, Will Ferrell. Thank you for that. Uh, we're back after this with Troy Aikman. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Try to squeeze in some phone calls here. Great audience here at Fountain Blue Hotel. Bring back one of our uh, favorites, Troy Aikman, joining us on behalf of his uh, successful light beer, 8 Elite Light Lager, 100% organic grains, no cheap fillers, and only 90 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs, 8 truly light beer made right. Never settle for anything less. We bring in T. Roy Aikman joining us on the program. How's, uh, how's the beer company going there, Troy? It's doing well. Yeah, we're uh, we're starting our third year, and uh, a lot of good things. Yeah, we're expecting a big year, and you're right. Uh, light beer made right, 100% organic grains, 2.6 carbs, 90 calories, and uh, the best part is no added syrups or sugars, and uh, it's really resonated, so uh, it's doing really well. It's just in Texas, but we're launching. Can't announce exactly where we're going, but here in a few months, uh, we're going just a little north of here. So oh, okay. <laughs> You know, we're, we're expanding a little bit, so that's good. Maybe a place where you started your college football career? Uh, yes, possibly. Okay. Uh, possibly could be. Okay. Sure. But when you drank at halftime when you were with the Cowboys, what did you normally drink? Uh, I didn't drink eight. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. It was a uh, competitor of ours now. Did uh, anybody... I worked at a, worked at a brewery in, uh, in Tulsa before. I, when I transferred from Oklahoma to UCLA, uh, I worked at a distributorship uh, up that way, and uh, that was my 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 first introduction uh, into the beer industry. Wait, did you just show up and get a paycheck, or did you oh. like was this name, image, and likeness before NIL? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, people ask me how much I got when I to go to Oklahoma or UCLA, or you know, I I was I wasn't uh, really highly sought after, so I I didn't get any of those types of perks I, I put in the work uh so and that's who the beer's made for dan so it's all good <laughs> uh if you were going to give brock purdy advice this week what would you tell him you know the advice that i got before my first super bowl was really just to be as prepared mentally as you possibly could be so that so that you could just go play and you know the advice that a lot of people give is hey treat it like any other game it's it's not like any other game, and anyone who suggests that it is hasn't played in the Super Bowl. Uh, you, you don't arrive a week early for any other game, and obviously the attention. Uh, but for him, trying to keep the week as normal as possible, and that's hard to do. But my guess is that's his approach every week, and, and he'll be able to get it done. But, I, you know, Dan, the thing that I'm always most interested in seeing 
Patrick Mahomes has been in these games, so you know he won't be as affected as much. But someone like Brock Purdy, who hasn't, uh, how do they handle the ball early in the game? You know, what what do you see from them? What's their demeanor? Uh, is the moment? Excuse me, is the moment too big for them? But I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles it. But what kind of distractions did you have with your first Super Bowl off the field? You know, I was really fortunate in that uh, our first game, our first Super Bowl was at the Rose Bowl. We practiced at UCLA, where I had just finished my college career four years earlier. We had the equipment guys who helped our staff uh, from my college days that were around. So a lot of the support people there at our practices and in the locker room were people that I was familiar with. So. Everything for me was very comfortable, uh, which which definitely helped. And then we dressed in the locker room where I played my college games as well, and then of course at the Rose Bowl. So uh, there really was not there was not any distractions to speak of for me. And I thought that Jimmy Johnson he was always really good uh, during the week on Wednesday. He'd come in and he'd give a speech to the team. And it wasn't always the same speech. It really was dialed into whatever team it was that we were playing that week. But the week of that first Super Bowl in 92, the 92 season, I thought Jimmy was as good as he had ever been in his messaging to the team because we were the youngest team in football. Uh, and he prepared us uh, really well, I thought. How often would you show up at practice and somebody would say, oh, did you hear what happened with one of your teammates? <laughs> uh, well, it didn't happen a lot when Jimmy was our head coach, but when Jim, but when Jimmy decided to go to South Florida, uh, yeah, there were there were there were a few of those mornings where you came in and said, "No, you got to be kidding." <laughs> so it was a little looser under Barry Switzer than Jimmy little, Johnson. Yeah, a little looser, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, but you never got in trouble. Uh, I miss curfew under Chan Gailey in training camp. I guess that's about as much trouble. As <laughs> wow, man! I, I had an interest to I in, in, in a in a woman, and I, I <laughs> went on to marry her. And I just felt it was one of those moments where you got to make a decision. Dan, and, and I decided that I was going to miss curfew and ride this thing out. And uh, the the security guard, uh, unfortunately, I thought he was a friend. But he <laughs> he ratted uh, you out. He ratted me out, yeah. Yeah, you should have tipped him. You should have, you know, greased the palm there a little bit there. Uh, we're talking to Troy Aikman joining us on behalf of his successful light beer. It's uh, eight elite lager. Chiefs defense doesn't get enough credit, I guess, because if you have Mahomes and Kelsey and Taylor Swift and everything that goes along with that. But uh, what would concern you if you were playing that defense this weekend? Well, I just think that what Steve Spagnuolo does is 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 so good. It, it, the different looks that he gives, the blitzes that he that he has, he's been doing it a, a long time. I t I totally agree with you. I think that you know it happens. It, it happened with our teams that when you when you have a a really good offense, the defense tends to get overlooked. It happened with San Francisco and the runs that they had. Uh, yeah, this Kansas City defense is is really good. So it's not. Uh, it's not one of those situations where it's all on Patrick Mahomes, and it hasn't been. I mean, this defense yeah. has done a good job throughout the year. So, uh, I just I think the challenge is 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 being able to pick up the different looks that they give, uh, and that's not an easy task. Uh, Brock Purdy is going to face that defense. Uh, where do you see where you would take advantage of, and and can Brock Purdy do the same thing? Well, I I I love 
everything about San Francisco. I, I think in a time when you're not able to practice the, the way that you once were able to, and yet this is a team that is extremely physical on both sides of the ball and how they accomplish that. It hasn't mattered who their defensive coordinator is or the coaches that they've lost on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they play a style that, that, that I love to see. And then, then the scheme in which they run, it reminds me a lot of the teams that I was a part of. I think Kyle's – I think he's the best head coach in football. I mean, I, I think he's the best offensive guy in football right now. And the way they tie it all together has allowed Brock – you still have to make those throws. So I'm not in the camp of saying that, that Brock is a game manager at all. Uh, but with the running game and then the play-action game and the way that they go through the progressions, uh, it takes away – a, a, a lot of, I guess, the challenging aspects of playing against a defense like this uh, because you're going through your reads and you get the ball to the guy who's open, uh, which sounds simple, but you, you just don't have to read it out quite like you do in some other offenses. Can you uh, say this on the record that Kansas City is now America's team? <laughs> Uh, I don't know that I can say that uh, with my with my allegiance to to the Cowboys, but you know, the, yeah, they've 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 certainly captured the country, and with Taylor Swift and the the you know army of fans that she's brought to the sport has been fantastic, and 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 they're one of those teams now, like we saw from New England for several years, we were a part of that, the Steelers, the 49ers, that. You know they're to be reckoned with each and every year. What they what they've accomplished even up to this point uh, is is really impressive. So uh, yeah, but yeah. nobody embraced the Patriots. All that success, they weren't America's team. Whereas the Niners had their run, the Packers had their run, the Steelers had their run, the Cowboys had their run, and fan bases were built off of that. I don't know if America ever embraced the Patriots. Why do you say that? <laughs> because. I think in New England they did. Uh, are are you? Hit? Well, if you're a Patriots fan, you embrace them. Just like I guess if you're a Chiefs fan, you embrace the Chiefs. I, you know, and they, they then you bring some people in. I mean, I, I would imagine that they cultivated the Patriots. That is that they cultivated some fans by the fact that they were winning. Uh, you know, in my childhood, I always rooted for the winners. So you know, people say, "Who was your team?" And I said, "Well, whoever was winning at the time was my team." You know, I had I had a lot of teams. Over there, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> You're like kids nowadays; they do that. They just like players. You know, maybe not a team. What would elevate uh, Patrick Mahomes to Tom Brady's level in your mind? Oh, I. You know, Dan. For me, it's it's championships. I mean, it it sounds self-serving when I say that because I was able to win three. But at the end of the day, the reason that he's getting paid fifty million dollars a year is to win championships. It's why all quarterbacks are. It's why they're drafted where they were drafted. Uh, and and Tom understood that better than anyone. Uh, you know, he sacrificed a lot in order to win championships. So, to I, I don't like. The, the conversation to say, well, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, I, I just don't know how you can say that at this stage of his career. He's certainly on pace. Uh, to, but he hasn't mark. even surpassed you, Troy. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do, you do have three, and he's got two. So if we're going scoreboard, why I like coming on your show. <laughs> you know? But no, I, I think in order to say that it, with Tom, I think you've got to win seven or you've got to win eight. I, I, I do think that's the measuring stick, and and it's hard to imagine that anyone 
there was a time when I didn't think anybody could beat Joe Montana or Terry Bradshaw and win five, and then he's gone on and you know won seven. So I guess that's the bar. Also, you I don't know if you were criticized, but it's you had all these weapons. And I don't know if people said, well, you know, just don't screw up or anybody can win. Like Terry Bradshaw, he was criticized by, you know, people said, well, you should win. You're, you know, the quarterback of the Steelers. But Brock Purdy is getting this criticism. How much criticism did you get winning Super Bowls where they were like, well, just hand it to Emmett and occasionally throw it to Mike? Yeah, I, I, the people that say that make it sound like, you know, playing the position is easy. And, uh, you know, and, and, it's, and it's anything but. I, I never, I never concern myself with any of that. But I will say this, that for those with, that talk about Brock Purdy as, hey, he's a, he's a product of the system. Uh, he's a game manager. I have yet, maybe you have, I haven't. I've yet to hear a quarterback say that. Because I think the quarterbacks understand that when you say game manager, then, then you fail to appreciate the third and 12 throw that he converted between two defenders for a first down that allowed Christian McCaffrey then to score from the five-yard line. I, I, you know, those are the things that, that tend to get lost. So uh, Joe Montana had great players around him. I had great players around me. Bradshaw has great players around him. You know, all, all you, you can't win in this game unless you have good players around you. And then along with what you said a moment ago about having a good defense, so all of that goes hand in hand. But, you know, anyone who criticizes me or thinks, hey, all he had to do was this or that, you know, I, I, I've never lost any sleep over I don't <laughs> care. I mean, it just has not, it's not been relevant to me. Yeah, and we get caught up in that game manager. I'm thinking maybe if we change it to game commander, or game CEO, it, the, I think the word manager is the problem. Like, you know, the word meatloaf is not, doesn't sound good, but if we change it to meat mountain, then it would sound tasty. So I uh, think I we... I love meatloaf, so, you know, with the, oh. <laughs> I'm, okay with, I'm okay with meatloaf. Okay. Are you okay with you. game game manager? Well, it's better than what Parcells used to say. He used to just call him a bus driver. So, you know, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Poor Phil Sims. Yeah. Poor Phil <laughs> Sims. Yeah. Uh, hey, good luck. Uh, always great to talk to you. Thanks for spending time with us. Thank you, Dan. That's uh, T. Roy Aikman joining us on behalf of his beer company, Eight Elite Light Lager, headed to Oklahoma, perhaps. We will take a break. When uh, we come back, we'll get to some phone calls. Chris Sims will stop by. I think Fritzy is going to uh, entertain the audience. Oh, here. no. Yes, I think. I they... got a brief little shtick. See how it goes. You nervous? A little bit. I haven't done well with these uh, okay. bits and comedy things in front of an audience. So, okay, so this is comedy? It can go. Okay. It's, a, it's an attempt. Uh, well, I know. i got to let the audience know. If you're Hopefully gonna... they'll fake laugh and make me feel All righty. When we return, fake laughter for Todd Fritz here on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know, I'm going to say this, and it's going to be controversial. This is the best audience that we've had so far here in Australia. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's the best audience we've had so far. In the history of the Dan Patrick Show in Las Vegas? Yes. Okay. At the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Yes. Four more years that I'm doing this show. I think that's in your contract. It is. Yeah, yeah they're calling for four more years. That's contractually obligated. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you said five more years, then that might, you know, that might be headline making. But only four more years there. That'll be it. And then we're all done. And then who knows what happens to these guys in front of me. I'm uh, more concerned about Todd. What happens to you? Right now, I'm talking with the right wrist injury. Oh, blocking stop. Scenes. Stop. We were kicking extra points, and Fritzy blocked one of them, and then now you're going to be injured. I'm it's gonna a be... little purple. It's a little bruised. I mean, if there's, do they have a local thing here? It is not. It is, there is nothing wrong with the walk-in emergency yeah, room. walk-in clinic. Is there, there, yeah, there why don't you be. go to the walk-in clinic? My thumb's not bending like it's supposed to. Like. He's Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, Football Night America. His podcast is called Unbuttoned, former NFL Texas quarterback and great contributor to our program. Say hello to Chris Sims here. <laughs> All right. Dressed in black. I like that. Is there a bruise there? There's no bruise yet. Oh, my God. He's soft. Oh, my God. He's soft. It'll be better if it's broke, really. The story will be better, right? I came around the edge. He's going to milk it for yeah. all. It was a nice work. block by me. It was a good block. No, it was. it was a low kick. That's how you blocked it. I lucked out. I just stuck my arm out. My thumb caught it. I was worried that you were going to take one in the face, though. Which would have been great content. Well, it would have been the great. Way. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly. What I mean. Okay, as you were. Yeah. Uh, the number one question right now, right, this Tuesday yeah. at eight thirty local time, right, with the Super Bowl is what? Oh, um, can the 49ers get back to peak football play? in a two-week frame, right? That would be my big thing. We haven't seen the 49ers play uh, the way we all gushed about the Niners, right, in the middle part of the season when they went through the, the winning streak there. I mean, since before the Ravens game was the last time I looked at the, the 49ers and went, oh, there they are, hitting on all cylinders, run game, pass game, defense, awesome. It's rare to be going in the Super Bowl where – You've been outplayed the last two games. I mean, I'm, you know, Green Bay kind of blew it. Detroit, in my opinion, definitely blew it, right? So that is going to be the big question to me and going to have to be an adjustment of style of play from San Francisco as compared to what they've done because the Chiefs have peaked, right? And they're, they're still look like they're going up and they've figured things out. And I just don't know where the 49ers are right now. How much do you think it's in the back of Kyle Shanahan's mind what happened when he was the offensive coordinator with the Falcons, like getting those questions, yeah. you know, not winning right. the Super Bowl, now right. you're back in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. Play calling yep. uh, in the Super Bowl, does that change if you're up big? Or I mean, he's a friend of yours. Yeah, he's my buddy. Uh, you know, I'm nervous for him because I know how big this is to his legacy, right? I mean, he's without question, in my opinion, and I don't think it's, you know, anybody would be far off. He's the best coach in football with Andy Reid. I mean, it's four to five NFC championship games. His coaching tree, the GMs, everybody. Look at the whole league. Everybody's just like, did you work for Shanahan? We'll hire you. Or did you work for Shanahan? We'll hire you. Right? So, But if he loses here, it's going to be, oh, Kyle Shanahan can't win the big game again. Can't come through. And you know, I don't think that's fair. He's very honest and open and direct about answering these things that you talk yeah. about. First off, I got a problem with the Atlanta Falcons 28-3 thing. Isn't Dan Quinn a defensive coach? Isn't he the one that's supposed to manage the football game? Like last I Dan heard, Dan Quinn does not get blamed for 28-3. It's shocking. It is shocking. People think Kyle Shanahan was the head coach it's of the shocking. Falcons. Like I think I've said this to you before. If the roles were reversed and Josh McDaniels was and the Patriots were the ones with the lead. We wouldn't be going, oh, Josh McDaniels. We go, what is Bill Belichick doing? Yeah. Why did he not run the ball? Why? It's the head coach's job to get on the headset and go, hey, 
offensive coordinator, I want to do this right here for this situation. Hey, run the ball here. Run the ball. The offensive coordinator is going to do what he does, which was attack that year, right? Then they have this course of Super Bowl. They lose to the Chiefs. And, hey, let's be honest. That was tough. And the Chiefs are special. I mean, this is a special team. To be down 20 to 10 and seven minutes left in a Super Bowl and come back, we don't see that happen very much, and that's because of this quarterback. So, uh, yeah, it is a big day. He's got a lot of pressure on him for sure. But he's still a great coach, and uh, he doesn't back down from any of those conversations with anybody. Is Kyle Shanahan in Brock Purdy's ear during the game? Well, I mean, you know, until it's legally cut off. Yeah, yeah but, but I don't think it's, it's like it's not, um, not like we've seen in years past with McVay and Goff, where he's at the line of scrimmage. Right, they don't huddle, so then he can tell him stuff. Purdy is extremely intelligent. He's, you know, in a lot of ways, found his Kirk Cousins. Let's say, for lack of a better way of saying that, a guy that's, you know, a nerd, a football junkie. Well, I can give him seven thousand rules and checks, and he'll remember them all, and he'll be able to read the defense and almost be an extension of Shanahan on the football field. But he, your comp is Kirk Cousins. It's a, it would be something along those lines, right? Yeah, it would be like that. It would be Kirk Cousins-ish, right? He's got a Mac Jones skill set-ish, right? Uh, yeah, you know, Drew Brees-ish, but not as good as Drew Brees, or at least I'm not ready to say that. Drew's got a little more physical ability than people want to give him credit and for. And I give you credit because right. we went from Brock Purdy, Joe Montana, yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 how about we come down the ladder a little bit? You're at least being reasonable and respectable by saying you know there's a Kirk Cousins feel to him yeah yes and I and, and I don't say that as an insult I, that's positive to me you could win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins I I believe that yeah you know again you got to have a team around you and teams important and I think we forget about that we're in the era of Brady and Mahomes and Manning and we just think quarterback 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 and you know I, I grew up in an era hey like you know Phil Simms and the Giants beat the Denver Broncos Phil was not as good as John Elway but his team was better so he won on that day right and he was hot and played great but I think we lose sight of that a little bit do we not think Dan Marino wouldn't have won a Super Bowl or two if he was on the 49ers in the 80s I mean that's where I you just, can say dad I, won the Super Bowl that's the day hey, dad's the man and he was a baller on the biggest day I mean he saved his best game for the biggest day. But does he ever bring that up to you guys, the no, kids? He no. never, like, you know, maybe has a beer, a couple of beers, and it's like, uh, hey, uh, let me tell you about the game against Denver. Not at all. Like, he's just not like that. We can get him going on crazy stories every now and then. Like, what? tell us a Lawrence story. Tell us, a, okay. you know, all of those Explain things. Explain the Lawrence Taylor story <laughs> When he shows up at your house and your mom answers. Uh, yeah, well, this is yeah, this happens on many occasions, right? So this Wait, is many, at least two to three, okay. at least two to three, okay. right? Okay. And Lawrence, of course, was famous for being out late at night, right, and not going to sleep and continuing into the next day, right? right. That's just what Lawrence did, right? That's where I sometimes hey, you got to be who you are, right? He, Lawrence started working out and like drinking protein shakes. I don't know if he'd have been Lawrence Taylor, right? He needed that edge, but either way. He would call the house at 4.30 in the morning, and, you know, I'm down the hallway, and it's old days. It's not a cell phone. The whole house is ringing, right? It's ring, ring, And you're like, what? Who the hell is calling our house right now? No caller ID. No caller ID. And, you know, my dad just, oh, Diana, answer it. And, you know, and my mom answered it. And, oh, oh, yes, hi. Oh, hi, LT. Oh, hi. And, you know. He'd always have these like crazy comments he'd say to mm -hmm. my dad, like, what's the, you know, 
what's up with you white people? Why are you always sleeping? Right? And like, we say all that stuff, which like we, you know, we love. It is great. It is great. Uh, but yeah, he'd, he'd tell dad, hey, I'm going to be there in a few minutes. I need your golf clubs, a pair of golf slacks, a golf shirt. Dad would be like, I don't have any golf pants that are going to fit over your big butt and legs. You know, he'd say that. But yeah, then I'd, you know, on, on two occasions, like I hear dad get up, go outside, and there's Lawrence in the front in the driveway. And he's grabbing the clubs and feeling them and swinging them around. And he's got a shirt off, and he's going to put another shirt on. And he's going to get changed right in the driveway. And then he's going to tell my dad to make him a tea time somewhere local. And that's uh, we had the pleasure of dealing with that a few times. But it feels like old school coaches, like Bill Parcells, had to look the other way. Yeah. Right? He was... Bill Belichick was right. the defensive coordinator. <laughs> right. They, they didn't hold it. I mean, he was so great, they didn't hold him accountable. He, it's, right? It's Bill Belichick who holds everybody accountable now for, you know, and he's Oh, so we're going to blame Belichick, well, not the head coach, no, Bill the head Parcells. Coach both, but this is what's funny about it is, I mean, Lawrence, at one time, as I, I've understood, had a sleeping bag on the floor in the defensive meeting room right at Bel Bill Belichick's feet. Because they knew, like, Lawrence was probably out all night, so they wanted him to rest up so he could practice a little bit. So he'd lay on the ground, and every now and then go, hey, you know, hey, Lawrence, you got that, what we said? And he'd kind of roll over and go, yeah, I got it. And he would be laying on the ground, and it was a different era, definitely. Not the same today, certainly. Uh, you know, maybe a little less politically correct, crazy, in your face, letting things wow. go on. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of fun those days. Yeah, can't, can't <laughs> do that stuff days. now. Yeah. No, you can't. Can't can't do that stuff. They can't now. even little players now. I don't even feel like can take old school coaching to a degree, right? You just you got to find the right blend, and I think that's what's really cool about these two coaches in this Super Bowl. Like if you've ever been to a Shanahan or an Andy Reid practice, it's extremely intense. There is no nonsense, you know. And then they both have a blend of knowing how to talk to their guys and be cool with them, but yet you know they're the boss and. You know, they might throw a few four-letter words at you every now and then if they don't like what you're doing out there, and that, that's where they have the magic touch. I've been saying this for years, and uh, if the commissioner would come on the show, I would say it too. Right. If, um, why can't we give, like, you know, the Denver Broncos offensive line against the Packers in yeah. the Super Bowl, Yeah, they were the MVP. I, I hear you. Like, can you give it to a group? Right. I know we always want to have the car, you know, hey, and here's your Chevy truck. Yes. But to give it to a group... I think would be awesome. If you gave it to the secondary of the Seahawks, Yeah, I think that would, would have been awesome. I'm with you in the fact, and I know I've complained about this with you before, of, you know, it's, it's just, are we just in the era of the quarterbacks going to yes. win the Heisman, the quarterbacks going to win the MVP every year, no matter what, yeah. right? And, yeah, there's some Super Bowls in the past, whether you go to the Patriots and, and Giants, Super Bowl 42, right? I mean, man, the defense, holy cow, that day. Strahan, tough. They OC won the game. game. They won the game. That right? front Eli four won the game. was clutch and amazing at the end, not taking anything away from him. Brady in his first Super Bowl. He had 98 defense. yards throwing. Yes. That's... Going into the last drive of the game, he won the MVP with throwing for 145 yards. The they secondary won that game. Right. Pick six, they stopped the greatest show on turf. So I'm with you in the way I wish the voters would you know, get away from the eye candy sometimes. But are you allowed to do that? They probably do. I know. I haven't seen I the ballot, but it feels like, you know, unless somebody starts a write-in campaign, but there are times when there's a group that wins the Super Bowl. I, I don't disagree with you. I don't. Yeah, that Broncos offensive line with Terrell Davis against the Packers. I hear it. That would fit that mold, too. Yeah, I yep. agree. Did you make your Super Bowl pick on Pro Football Talk yet? Not yet. So before the year, I picked 49ers Chiefs, and I picked the 49ers to win. 
Uh, well, then you have to stay with them. I feel like I do, you know, but I'm nervous, as I said. Well, okay. Yeah. How would it look if you're not picking your friend's football oh, team? Yo, well, I could tell you how it looks because last year, <laughs> last year, I picked Philly to beat them in the NFC Championship game, right? Right. So, I mean, I'm rooting for the 49ers, but my brain said Philly was going to win that game. My, I mean, every one of my and Kyle Shanahan's friends, his family members, like they see it post on social media, and they're all like, what the hell, right? And I just go, I'm just picking the game. It doesn't mean I'm rooting for them. So I think they know that, uh, but they would still, they'll still bother me if they saw I picked but the But do Chiefs. you still, like deep down, Yeah, you're going to go against Patrick Mahomes? Right now, I don't feel like I am, no. I think if you made me bet money on the game right now, I would pick the Chiefs to win. I'm shocked right now that the 49ers are two-point favorites. I'm shocked that one team with Patrick Mahomes is continuing to find his groove, just beat the Ravens on the road, the Bills on the road, the Dolphins at home have dominated, and another team hasn't played good football or its best football, not even nowhere close to it, and they're the favorite, that to me is shocking. I don't understand that. The only thing that worries me, and I think I've been picking the Chiefs, is they didn't score in the second half against yeah, the Ravens. Right. Now, that's a great defense there, yes, but they didn't score. I know. Now, they're the type of team that they, they play with their food a little at times, <laughs> and I think they've also realized like who they are. And that's what that's, to me, the biggest thing. And I think that's what the Christmas Day game against them I had kind of been like, hey, can we stop getting in the shotgun trying to throw 40-yard lasers down the field? Like, you're not that team this year. How about run the ball, play defense, screens, RPOs, and you're seeing. They're, they, to me, have kind of hit New England Brady mode here, where it's just like, screw all the stats and how it looks. We're just going to win the game, and nobody will really remember some of the statistics. They're just going to go, man, Mahomes went into Baltimore and beat the Ravens, right? And that, to me, is where... They've turned, you know, turned the leaf or whatever, whatever you want to say there, the phrase of just getting into that mode and stop trying to be sexy and highlight film and just go, we're going to win the game and keep adding it up that way and dominate football and win another championship and we'll see what happens on Sunday. But you're taking the Niners. <sighs> I, I don't know. I really don't. I'm really conflicted. No, I think right now I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. Okay. You know, I, I took the Ravens last week to beat the Chiefs, even though I picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. I did not think, again, it doesn't happen in football. This is what's amazing by them. They played B-minus football the whole season. All of a sudden, they got in the playoffs, and they go, we're going to be A-plus, and we're going to be the best team in football. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, right. And here they are, and it's incredible. I've never seen anything like the Chiefs. It's a very unique dynasty they got going. Great stuff all, all Thanks, season. Man. Thank you, Thanks buddy. Thanks a lot. Always appreciate your, uh, your analysis, your honesty. Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. And... He's going to take the team that's facing his good friend, Kyle Shanahan. That's the kind of friend he is. <laughs> Your former friend, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, uh, if you want to stay around, we have some meat. Okay. There. But he's so cool. He's that kind of guy to be like, I get it. I understand why you're taking Mahomes. Yes. He's scary, right? So that's Is that how he, he sounds? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. All right. We'll take a break. Back after this. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.